So you drafted a fantasy football team. Big deal. Ooh, Ooh wow. Oh. Good job. Drafting is only half the battle. A month from now, you're going to wake up, check your team, and see that your three best players are hurt. Now what? You need to play the waivers, make trades, know who to start. And that's what we're here for. We're coming to you four times a week during the regular season to give you everything you need to win your league and dominate your group chat. Search for the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The MLB season is in full swing, and you can step up to the plate with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, Bet the live same-game parlays for every MLB game and track your game and bets live with box scores and play-by-play. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+, plus, 18+, plus in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem, call 100 Gambler, or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. Happy Monday edition of New York, New York with yours truly. JJ John Jastrzemski, we are right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. And I can't believe this actually ended up being a banner day in New York sports. A day where actually, shockingly, a whole lot went right for the most part for the three local teams. We'll get to the Jets, their first win of the year. We'll get to the Giants and their first win of the year. But if you were a New York Yankee fan on Sunday afternoon, in the middle of all the NFL football that was going on, you were on absolute pins and needles. With the Yankees losing on Friday, with the Yankees losing on Saturday, the Yankees desperately needed a win to make sure that on Tuesday they were playing, that there wasn't going to be some crazy four-way tie that there wasn't going to be a game 163 in order to get the Yankees into the postseason tournament. They needed a win. What you ended up getting at Yankee Stadium was a whole lot of drama, was a whole lot of tense moments, was a whole lot of nail biting over the course of nine innings. The Yankee offense did absolutely nothing against Michael Walker and very little against the Tampa bullpen for eight innings. But a win is a win is a win. You take it any which way you can if you're the New York Yankees. You want to know why? It's been that sort of year. Now, I'm down on the weekend. We'll get to that in a little bit. But the number one objective that we have been talking about on this podcast now since basically the trade deadline, basically the end of July, just get me in. Well, the Yankees have delivered on that front. They got you in. 
You got to commend the Yankee pitching. And you know what? I give this manager a whole lot of crap. I'm not his biggest fan. He makes moves that would drive me to drink. I hated his lack of urgency in Friday night's game. Aaron Boone actually managed Sunday's game perfectly, as far as I'm concerned. He goes one time through with Jamison Tyon, and then he goes big reliever after big reliever after big reliever, and basically had a sense and basically had a feel for when Wandy Peralta was done, for when Clay Holmes was done, for when Chad Green was done. Luizaga looked brilliant. Chapman does the job. And from that standpoint, we got to commend Aaron Boone. Having the right touch with the Yankee bullpen in a game they desperately needed to win. I love the fact that they did not throw Cole in this game. Made no sense. Knowing you had a game 163 in your back pocket already to throw Garrett Cole on short rest with the way he's been going would have made absolutely no sense. Would have been, I think, a major panic move from a New York Yankees standpoint. Now, we can bellyache about the lineup doing nothing for eight innings. And I got news for you. If this is what you are going to get out of the Yankee lineup on Tuesday at Fenway Park, the season is going to come to a close. But in the ninth inning, it's just enough. Ruggie Odor, who's in for the injured DJ LeMayu. And I don't think you're going to see DJ LeMayu anytime soon. Wild card game, American League Division Series. It's going to be Ruggie Odor, who has been a forgotten Yankee, now has rather important role in the most important game of the year. Gets a base hit to lead it off. How about the base running by Tyler Wade? Comes in a run, tags up on the Glaber deep fly ball to center field, makes things happen on the base pass. And then, of course, the man who had been much maligned for his lack of a clutch gene in Aaron Judge delivers. It's not the prettiest walk-off hit, but as far as the Yankee fan is concerned, it is as sexy as it gets. Because it means you're playing October baseball. But think about what this stage is going to be, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Tuesday night, and I had a feeling when I went up to Boston, what was it, about a week, week and a half ago. I had a feeling I was going to go back to Boston. I don't know why. It was just kind of in my stomach. It was kind of just in my bones. I was like, this ain't going to be the last time at Fenway Park this year. I wanted it to be. Wanted it to be. But with the Yankees losing a couple of games to the Rays, with Boston having an easy, soft landing spot with the Washington Nationals, well, the Yankees are going to have to win one more game at Fenway Park. So expect to see a whole lot of replays of 1978 and Bucky Dent. And from a Yankees standpoint, look, there's a whole lot on the line in this particular game. Legacies, futures are on the line in this particular game. I think this manager and his job is on the line. If the Yankees are to lose, there's no way in the world I'm going to advocate that Aaron Boone should come back and manage this team. For Garrett Cole, who's going to go on extra rest, you're making $30-plus million a year. This is what the Yankees brought you in for. They brought you in to win these sort of games, and the career track record for Garrett Cole at Fenway Park is not great. Is the Yankee lineup going to show up? And I, I think as far as the lineup goes, look, with LeMayu out, and how about Urshela today? All hard, diving into the dugout. Incredible, incredible catch, making the last out of a particular inning. And I thought Jiro Urshela was in deep trouble. So it was great to see him survive, stay in the game, and gut it out. I think Ruggie Odor plays. And I think Ruggie Odor with a lead comes out for defense. 
and you see either Velasquez or Tyler Wade. That, to me, is how the Yankees will handicap this bad boy going into Tuesday. And you know it's going to be Nathan Avaldi, so you're going to have a right-handed pitcher on the mound. So you like having the lefty bat in Odor anyway. So it'll be Odor, probably at third base, Velasquez or Wade to come in and clean up the mess. But you're in. It's been as weird and as strange a season as any Yankee year that I can remember in my lifetime. This team has driven you to drink. This team has been incredibly frustrating. You have experienced the highest of highs. 13-game winning streak. Five out of six against Toronto and Boston. You've experienced the lows. Bullpen meltdowns. The lineup not producing. The lack of urgency at times. This weekend against the Rays, which was not exactly a walk in the park. And go luck to whoever ends up winning this wildcard game and taking on Tampa. But that's a story for a different day. Look. Hasn't been an easy season, but you're dancing. And as far as I see it, it's a new season on Tuesday night. All is forgotten come Tuesday. It's surviving advance, and now the new rallying cry. Kind of same as the old rallying cry. Get me to Thursday and get me to the bodega on Monday night. Maybe on Sunday, but most likely Monday. Because I don't think I'm going to be able to make game three with all the football going on. But listen, these are good problems to have. Let's hope that I have these scheduling conflicts and scenarios to deal with. One can only help. But Yankees, Red Sox, ESPN could not have gotten a better ratings bonanza. Yankees, Red Sox, not exactly going to be Brady against the Patriots, but it's going to be pretty damn good. And I think it's going to be wildly entertaining. And I'm anxious, I'm nervous, I'm excited. All that combined into one. And I'm going to have a very, very tough time sleeping the next two days. All right. We're splitting this bad boy up. We're going to do baseball reaction out of the gate. Then we'll do the football reaction coming up in a little bit. So Yankee reaction right out of the gate. So Rudy, let's go. JJ, Anthony and Syosset, um, Patriots, Tampa are about to kick off. Listen, I don't know what to say right now because I'm not going to waste my time with the regular season anymore because here we are. Anybody that wants to be upset at the Nationals or the fucking loser Mets, this team had their chances through the year, right? Came down to one game, came down to so many other games that you could uh, pinpoint in terms of bullpen explosions through the years, the the Astros, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Angels, the the Tigers, my God. But the bottom line is now you have a one-game playoff at Fenway Park. And you and I, I'm sure, are going to talk a few more times before – before Tuesday night, there was part of me that said, you know what, playing them at home, at least we'd be home. At least we'd have Bodega. But then again, they just got swept in the Bronx, in the Bronx, in uh, Boston, and they may be playing with a chip on their shoulder. Well, I got to be honest with you, I have that same feeling now that they have this one game chance to basically erase that. And we have now this opportunity that if it doesn't come come through, not only does none of the of the good that came of that last week, despite you know Friday night and Saturday against Tampa, not only does that now mean nothing, 
But the last game that this manager ever manages for this team, and I don't want him around anymore, you know that, but the last game will be against the Red Sox, the postseason game against the Red Sox. I mean, how ironic would that be? And again, to me, it takes nothing away from 2003. Oh, Ford took nothing away from his moment. This will take nothing away from his moment. It was an iconic postseason moment for the Yankees and for the rivalry, and it is what it is. But I got to be honest with you. I'll sleep on it tonight, and we'll have 48 hours to analyze it. I don't know how to feel, and that's why I'll be listening to your podcast. So God bless, and we'll talk later. Yeah, I'm very anxious. Not going to lie to you, Anthony. I'm very, very anxious going into the game. The Yankees are going to be favored in this game. The Yankees have Cole on the mound. I think what's going to be fresh in everybody's minds is what the Yankees just did to the Red Sox. Now, a couple of different things here, and I'm sure we'll analyze it every which way. The Yankees should have an edge in the bullpen. With Severino being there, with Holmes, with Peralta, with Chapman looking like the Chapman of old to some degree, the Yankees should have an edge over the Red Sox in the bullpen. But that means Garrett Cole's got to show up. And I know you mentioned a manager, and I would wholeheartedly agree that if the Yankees ought to lose on Tuesday, it should absolutely be the last game that Aaron Boone manages as any York Yankee, which would be rather ironic in more ways than one. And I disagree with you on that 2003 home run. It has completely lost its luster for me. It means absolutely nothing for me because of what happened in that World Series and what has happened after the fact with the Boston Red Sox. I'm sorry. I don't want to see an Aaron Boone clip for a home run when they didn't win the World Series that year. doesn't mean anything to me. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. Now, I think all the narratives, all the ebbs and flows, all the back and forth means nothing now. The Red Sox dominating the Yankees early means nothing. The Yankees dominating the Red Sox late means nothing. It's all about one game. That's the way it goes. Both of these teams did not win their division. You had to wonder about both of these teams and whether or not they were going to even get into the postseason. They both found a way. Go and win the game. Simple as that. That's the only narrative that matters in 2021. Nothing else. Go and win the game on Tuesday night. Buckle up. I'm already tense. I'm already stressed thinking about it. These one-game playoffs, you know, the Yankees have been in these one-game playoffs now three times since this new playoff format. 2015, they lost to Houston. 2017, they won against Minnesota. 2018, they won against Oakland. Every single one of those games, they've been at home. So this will be the first time the Yankees are on the road for one of these one-game playoffs. And, of course, where would it be? Fenway Park and Boston, Massachusetts. And to me, the best stage and the best scene for a playoff game in Major League Baseball. With the old Yankee Stadium being on, nothing like historic Fenway Park. I just hope that Stanton and Judge are hitting bombs that still haven't landed. That's what I'm hoping for. But say prayers. Who's next? JJ, Joe from Monroe, calling on the Yankees. We made our way into this wild card after a dismal weekend. We pulled one out. But it's hard to be happy with this situation. It's bittersweet. First of all, we got to go to Fenway. Probably face a Valkyrie. Cole hasn't been great. But even if we get through that, looking ahead to Tampa Bay, this team outscored us by 50 runs this year. Cash just seems to make all the right moves. 
They defend us perfectly. He goes to the pen and always picks the right guy for the right situation. Very hard to be encouraged by that. So let's see what happens. Let the chips fall where they may. But Cash versus Boone, you know, Boone bringing in a Brayu the other night. I, I don't know. I just don't feel so confident. Hope I'm wrong. Kudos to the Jets and Giants. Oh, and by the way, the Red Sox, it looked like Davey Martinez didn't even want to win this game. That pisses me off. Have a good one. Listen, I can't bellyache and bitch about the Washington Nationals. I'm sorry, I can't. Not when the Yankees lost two out of three to Tampa this weekend. You know, the Washington Nationals basically have one foot out the door. I know that they had a 5-1 to one lead on Sunday. They end up holding the lead. Devers hits the home run in the ninth inning, gives Boston the win and home field advantage in this wild card game. It is what it is. From that standpoint, the Yankees have nobody to blame but themselves. Now, the argument you made regarding Kevin Cash and Aaron Boone and the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees, it's, it's a fair one. Tampa's a better team. Last year, I think a lot of people made the mistake in thinking the Yankees were going to beat Tampa and that the regular season didn't mean that much because it was only 60 games, blah, 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 and on and on we go. Tampa's a better team than the Yankees. Does that mean they can't lose? Of course they can lose. Five-game series, anything can happen. But if we're going to talk about who the better team would be going into the particular series, I thought it was pretty obvious who the better team was watching them over the weekend. Tampa had nothing to play for. They're locked into the division. They're locked in the best record in the American League. And they gave it the Yankees hell. I mean, the Yankees needed to scratch out a run in the bottom half of the ninth inning just to avoid a wildcard game. Like, think about how stressful Friday and Saturday were. Friday and the way that goes down, you're absolutely right. They managed that game in the ninth inning with no sense of urgency. Saturday, Montgomery gets absolutely shellacked. And I'm starting to think about four-way ties and scenarios. Like, I even said them to Saruti. We're like, well, what goes on if this team wins or that team wins? Nobody knew until, like, yesterday. I mean, it was a crazy enough scenario where if it was a four-way tie, Basically, the teams that were on the road got to pick where they were going to go, or the Yankees were going to have a chance to pick where they were going to go. Would have picked Boston over Toronto, and I got news for you. That would have been the right decision. Thankfully, that's not the case. It's one game, it's Garrett Cole on extra rest, and it's at Fenway Park. Survive and advance. Find a way to win. Survive and freaking advance. That's your narrative. That's how you set a tone for the month of October. Got to win this game. And if you don't, man, it is going to be a long, long winter. I think for whoever ends up losing this game, whether it's the Yankees or the Red Sox, just the amount of shit talk that you're going to have to hear is going to be insufferable. And yeah, it's worse from a Yankees standpoint. To me, the Yankees have more to lose. They had higher expectations going into this year. And they can't fall back on the three world championships or four world championships that have been won since 2004. You know, since 2004, the Red Sox have won four World Series and the Yankees have won one World Series. So the Red Sox can kind of shove that in your face if need be. That's fine. I think the Yankee fan will gladly take that. But if you lose, then you have that dynamic combined with three eliminations in postseason play. 04, 2018, and hopefully we're not adding 2021 to that list. All right, two Yankee calls to go. What do we got? Hey, JJ. It's Anthony from Tom's River. 
Um, very happy with today's win. Uh, very ugly for most of it, but it doesn't matter. Took 162 games to get in, but you're in the dance and that's all that matters. So now we're going back up to Boston. Um, I do want to say that not only is this probably Garrett Cole's biggest start as a Yankee because it is in Boston with the whole rivalry thing. But keep in mind, since 2004, the Yankees have not had success with the Boston Red Sox when it matters the most. And so this is, to me, a huge statement, not only in the rivalry, but to get things back on track and then play Tampa. And hopefully this is a revenge tour where we can get to Tampa and get to Houston. Uh, obviously, don't want to overlook Boston in the one-game series, but this is a must-win. And I, I guess my question would be, is this Garrett Cole's biggest start as a Yankee? Because I think it is. All right, JJ, enjoy the win, and let's go Yankees. Oh, it's a no-brainer. And I know Cole pitched in a couple of gigantic games last year. The Indians start, game one against the Rays, game five on three days rest. He was fabulous, one run over five innings. But this is Yankees-Red Sox. One-game playoff. I'm not overstating this. And I know that, unfortunately, a lot of this nonsense gets overemphasized in talking about legacies and this and that and yada, yada, yada. This is a legacy start for Garrett Cole. I'm sorry, it just is. You were brought in to be the ultimate difference maker. Your team is in a one-game playoff. You're on the mound against the Boston freaking Red Sox. You got to pitch great in that game. You got to pitch great. You want to tell me the Yankees lose one to nothing and Cole gives you seven innings of one-run baseball? I will sleep easy if that is the case. I mean, I won't, but from Garrett Cole's standpoint, I'll say he did his job. He did his part. He needs to do his part. Garrett Cole cannot give me four innings and three runs or five innings and four runs and think it's good enough on, on Tuesday night. It's not good enough. You're brought here to be the difference maker. Now it's time to deliver. He knows that. He's not stupid. Time for the ace to go put the big boy pants on. All right, last Yankee call before we get to some football stuff. What do we got? Yo, JJ, Charlie, and Helmers. I mean, what this Yankee team, 2021 Yankee team, is just a chore. I mean, they have to come down to the bottom ninth inning to clinch a playoff spot. Boy, this team pains to death. But they're in. We'll see where they're going to play. Boston. Yeah, the bodega, hopefully, at Yankee Stadium. But. Cannot deny what uh, Aaron Judge season has having hadn't had certain Yankee MVP. Um, if he if he didn't miss with the uh, virus protocol, he would have got hundred RBIs. But certainly, uh, that's the one guy I want the Yankee for life. Let's hope that happens. And yeah, Judge, how many times is the he has saved this team's ass? Really is and. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, JJ. Well, they're in, but you never know when the crash and burn happens. Hopefully it never happens, but got to be prepared for it. So, hey, let's get it, and let's hope the best comes on Tuesday. Charlie, I can't have the crash and burn on Tuesday night. I can't have it. I can't deal with Simmons. I can't deal with Ryan Murray and Brian Patrick and or, or Jeremy the Mongo, the guy that I deal with in the Super Contest every week, I can't have a loss here on Tuesday night. Especially with everything that's going wrong with my football team 
They're an absolute shit show for a variety of different reasons. I don't have Simmons texting me this week, by the way, that uh, Jacoby Brissett is better than Tua uh, and Beningo for that matter. I mean, my God, Jacoby Brissett stinks, but that we'll get to that in a little bit. I'm hanging by a thread. I need some lengthy October magic from the New York Yankees. And if they're going to bow out to Tampa, fine, so be it. You can't lose this game Tuesday night. I can't deal with the Giddy Red Sox fan. I can't deal with Fenway Park celebrating and singing Sweet Caroline and dancing and humiliating and embarrassing the Yankees. Go and win that game. Legacy game. Whole lot on the line. You want to get on that revenge tour? You could start dreaming about it if you went on Tuesday night. You lose Tuesday? Long, dreadful, miserable winter. Now, the New York football teams did the unthinkable. No, I don't have to get my eyes checked. Yes, I can't believe what I just saw. Not one New York team, but two New York teams get victories on Sunday. Giant fans and Jet fans actually have something to feel good about. We'll get to that. That's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. So it's going to be a very happy football Monday if you're a New York Giant fan, if you're a New York Jet fan. The Giants going on the road and getting their first win of the year down in the bayou against New Orleans. The Jets winning in overtime, winning in dramatic fashion, surviving hideous officiating and taking down the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to start from a Giants standpoint because I know one of the major talking points for me with this team over the last couple of years and especially in the first couple of weeks of this year is that they're good enough to lose. I know a lot of you are probably sick and tired of hearing me say that. JJ, enough with the good enough to lose. Well, be good enough to win. On Sunday, this is where I salute the New York football giants. They were good enough to win down double digits fighting back against a good defense. And to me, the praise has got to start with this quarterback. Daniel Jones played a confident football game. Daniel Jones made plays in the pocket. Daniel Jones found Kenny Galladay. Daniel Jones led him on a drive to get him back in the game. Boom, with the Barkley touchdown. Led him on a drive to get him in the field goal range late in the game. Big hookup late. Tony. All over the place making plays. And in overtime, this is the sort of game that Giant fans maybe dreamed of back in late July, early August. When you're thinking about your football team and what could go right for your football team, you're thinking about Daniel Jones playing Chris football. I know he had an interception, first one of the year. Who the hell cares? He's at the end of that first half meant absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. That means nothing to me. You know what means something to me? Game-tying drives. Game-winning drives. Kenny Galladay, the big free agent signing, going for 116 yards. Kadarius Toney, a first-round pick, getting six grabs and almost 80 yards. 
John Ross getting activated because no Slayton, no Shepard. He has a big game. He scores a touchdown. And this was an offense that made dynamic plays down the field. They made things happen. Also, what a concept. The corpse of Saquon Barkley lives for a particular Sunday. Had the receiving touchdown, scored the game-winning touchdown. The Giants survived the brain fart early from Joe Judge, kicking a field goal, fourth to one. Hated it. Seemed to be proud of the decision. They missed a field goal. Karma, coach. I say it all the time. Karma's a bitch. Don't kick field goals on fourth and one. You deserve to miss them. They survived that. They survived four and behind early. It looked like this defense did not have an answer for the likes of Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. They found an answer. They buckled down. Their quarterback won them a football game. I cannot go to the extent yet in saying this is a season-saving win for Big Blue. What I would say is that it is a momentum builder. Momentum in the NFL is only as good as the next week. So you can enjoy this. You're not 0-4. You have a pulse, which is a good thing. You can feel good on Monday. You can feel good on Tuesday. You can dare to dream a little bit about your quarterback. Listen, I've been critical of your quarterback. He's played really good football the first month of the year. I'm very encouraged by that if I'm a Giant fan. But ultimately, it's about wins. And ultimately, it's about touchdowns. You got both of those today. You got offensive touchdowns, and you got a win. And you did so in come from a high fashion. Great. Really impressive stuff. Let's see it again. That's the idea. Build on it. Go to Dallas. Play well against the Cowboys. Cowboys so far have looked like a freight train. They lost to the Bucs in week one, went at the Chargers, which is looking better by the minute, took care of the Eagles, smoked them, and smoked Carolina and really impressed me in the process. Dallas right now looks like the team to beat in the NFC East. Go there and beat the Cowboys. You get to two and three. Cowboys fall at three and two. Then all of a sudden, you're, you're alive and kicking. You could start putting the wheels in motion for how your season is going to go. It's a big swing game. We'll get to that next Sunday. In the meantime, enjoy the performance from your quarterback. Nice to see Barkley showing up. And that's what Kenny Galladay can do when he is on the field. He's a game-changing type of offensive talent when he plays. It's always the question with Kenny Galladay when he plays. Needed a pulse out of the Giants? Got a pulse out of the Giants. As for the Jets, we were crying, screaming to the high heavens that this had to be the week that the Jets took advantage of a mediocre to subpar defense and put up some serious points. Well, in the first half of this game, the Jets did not do a whole lot offensively. The storyline in this game in the first half was front and center on the Jet defense that was suffocating and getting after Ryan Tannehill. Quinn Williams in the backfield, all sorts of activity, getting after the quarterback, sack after sack after sack. Thing of beauty to behold. But what's going to encourage you more than anything from a Jet standpoint is that in the second half of this game, Zach Wilson was in control. Zach Wilson made plays, played with confidence, 
played with a sort of purpose and did exactly what I wanted him to do in picking apart a mediocre to a bad Tennessee Titan defense. The hookup to Corey Davis down the field was an absolute thing of beauty where basically Zach Wilson's evading the rush. He's pointing down the field. He's throwing it 40 or 50 yards in the air. That's what you expect to see out of the number two overall pick. Tell you something else. Jamison Crowder playing is the best thing for a guy like Zach Wilson. You want to know why? Jamison Crowder should be a guy that Wilson is looking for in a third down situation, in a situation where you need a play to extend the drive or whatnot. Crowder's been doing that his entire career. It's not the sexiest wide receiver in the world. He doesn't have the sort of game-breaking ability that a guy like Kenny Galladay has, but he's a winning player. It's a shame you haven't seen it because he's been on miserable teams, a lot of bad teams in Washington over the years, and he's been on just rotten teams with the New York Jets. But he made a lot of big catches in this game, including a touchdown. But when the Jets ended up allowing the Tennessee Titans late in the game to go and score the game-tying touchdown, did I think the Jets were going to find a way to win this game? No, I didn't. Full disclosure, I thought they'd find a way to screw it up. They get the field goal. They barely make the field goal, might I add. I had to do a double take as I'm watching all the action. I had the Yankees going on. I'm like, was that good? Like, I wanted to make sure my vision was okay. It was good. Tennessee's marching it down the field. The Jet defense to their credit holds. And then you get a miss from Randy Bullock. And it sends MetLife Stadium into a frenzy. And this is a nice moment for this head coach. It is a nice moment for this quarterback. Listen, the Jets are not going to have a whole lot of wins this year. This is a good building block. And it's the sort of win that you need to see a lot more of by the time we hit the second half of the year. I hope this ends up being a major springboard week for these two New York teams. Giants, from a standpoint of finding ways to finish games, win games, get back in a division race. From a Jets standpoint, the idea of their offense showing a pulse. I think this defense is going to play well for Robert Sal all year. They've played pretty well the first three games of the year. They got after Ryan Tannehill today. I know they gave up the game-tying touchdown at the end of the game. That's fine. There are signs of positivity, I think, from this Jet defense. Is that what you're going to see now more and more and more as this season goes along? That, to me, is the question. This is a feel-good sort of Sunday for the Jets. And it's a feel-good sort of Sunday for the New York Giants. We may not have many of these. So from a New York fan's perspective, and it does me no good because my team got absolutely smoked. So that's a story for a different day. But if you are a Yankee Jet fan, you're feeling really, really good. If you're a Yankee Giant fan, you're feeling really, really good. Now, if you're a Met fan and you're tied into one of those teams, you're just happy your football team won. I get that. You don't have your team playing in the dance or in the tournament. But that's Sunday number one of the Jets and the Giants getting a win. And I can't even tell you. I'd have to do some research on the last time the Yankees, the Jets, and the Giants all won on a particular Sunday. I'd actually love to know the answer to that question. And I do not know it off the top of my head. Yankees, Jets, and Giants all winning on a particular Sunday. You you would think it would happen pretty often because you're like, hey, listen, Yankees play four September Sundays or Sunday in October. Jets, Giants, you figured it's going to be a week they both win. Well, look at the records over the last couple of years. 
Feel good Sunday, though. Whole lot of positive vibes. Today, from a football standpoint, not the day for negativity. There'll be plenty of days for that. Today, my friends, is not the day. All right, let's get back to the voicemails. Football style. Let's hear them. Hey, JJ, Sean Fong Island. Thanks for taking the call, man. Listen, I know the Yankees are the story today. I know the Jets are going nowhere. But you know what? After so many long years, you know, just times like this, some home moments is all we've been looking for. A lot of fans there today, they were too stunned, man. Sure, they're one and three. Sure, the team is no good. And sure, the Titans had no players on their team today with Brown and Julio being out. But listen, man, this is all we've been waiting for. You know, an exciting game where everyone gets juiced up. And you know what? Apologies to those who took the Titans in their knockout pool. Finally, my policy paid off where the Jets actually came through, knocked a lot of people out. This is what we've been waiting for, man. You know, it's not a lot, but it's something. And uh, you know what? We'll hopefully go to London, take on the Falcons, again number two next week, and just go on with a normal football season because you saw the record in September and October. It was so ugly. So one and three, it's not much to be your chest about, but uh, just so happy a Jets fan today and uh, hopefully make it two in a row next week. You take care, man. Later. Sean, I get that attitude, bro. You have not had much to cheer about over the last couple of years. This was a fun game. This is a game where you came from behind in the second half. You had to hold on for dear life in the overtime session. You get a missed field goal in the process. And most importantly, your young quarterback played well. Your young quarterback didn't look like a deer in the headlights. Now, you're right. Everything you said about the Titans is fair. No Brown. No Julio. Defense is suspect to begin with. I mean, that's not a good performance from the Titans, but that's a story for a different day. Sure, Jeff Fan, enjoy this. You want more days like this for your coach, for your quarterback, and hopefully it's a sign of things to come over the next couple of years. Not going to have many of these throughout the year. And yeah, for those of you in knockout pools, I hope you didn't have the Saints, and I hope you didn't have the Titans. Sometimes you can't get cute. I went with the Bulls. I didn't try to beat around the bush. Didn't get cute. Took Buffalo. Survive in advance, baby. Who's next? Hey, John. It's Jake from Charlotte. Very, very happy about the Jets today. It was a big win in overtime. Um, Zach Wilson definitely showed a lot of toughness today. Um, didn't look good to start, but through that huge touchdown to Corey Davis um, in the fourth quarter to give the Jets a lead, and then uh, Jets held on in overtime. Um, it feels good. Um, I don't know how many times we'll be able to say it feels good on a Monday or have victory Monday for the Jets, but I'll take it for now. And, uh, yeah, um, you know, just hopefully build off this and go from there. And uh, that defense looks tough. They really, really do. Um, that defensive line, especially Quinn and Williams, they're getting after it. And uh, hopefully they just keep improving um, the rest of the year. All right. Thanks, man. Bye. Have not had many victory Mondays. And, again, a victory Monday for the Jets, the Giants, and the Yankees. What a concept. You want small progression if you're the Jets. I think you have to be realistic about this. I think you have to be reasonable about this. But hey, you now go to London against a Falcon team that stinks on defense, a Falcon team that finds ways to lose, except if they're playing the New York Giants, of course. Go win that game. That's not a game that you go into from a Jets standpoint saying, yeah, I got no chance. Go win that game. Then all of a sudden you're two and three, and you know what? You're going to the following week with hope. You're going to the week after that with hope. I know it's a sad life and a sad existence, but trust me, I've done it from a Dolphin standpoint plenty of years where you like searching for glimmers. That's what you're searching for from a Jet standpoint. Glimmers. You got one. Who's next? Hey, JJ. Dan from Richfield. 
best New York sports day in a really long time. Uh, huge, uh, huge last hit by Judge. Really excited for us to be going to the playoffs. But man, Aaron Boone is a huge Achilles heel for this team and he makes me very nervous. Friday's bullpen usage was inexcusable. And with the Jets, through all three phases, actually look confident for once and we finally got a win. That's awesome. All right. Thanks a lot, JJ. Bye. It is amazing to think about all three phases of the game being solid from a New York football standpoint. And you could say that today. The Giant defense, much better. They actually got big stops late in this game when they needed big stops in this game. Now, I guess you could kill a Jet defense for allowing a game-tying touchdown drive. A couple of questionable calls in the process. Don't forget about that. But they won the game. Listen, take them. Take them. Realize what we've dealt with from a New York standpoint over the last five years. Anybody complaining or bellyaching about football teams winning games today? <laughs> the Giants are a seven-point underdog. The Jets are a six-point underdog. You both won. Take the win and be very, very happy. Please. Last but not least, let's hear it. JJ, Pete and Westchester, baby. Let's fucking go. New York Giants, baby. Going to the fucking Superdome. Getting the fucking win. Danny Jones talked his shit today. Saquon, he talked his shit today. Kenny Galladay, are you kidding me, Cody? Everybody fucking stepped up. Let's go. The whole line protected. The defense came up with stops. I'm sorry. I feel bad for the people in New Orleans, man. You guys have been through a lot. But we needed this one. It's been too fucking long. Let's go, Giants. I love the passion, Pete. And you nailed it. You know what? The Giant offensive line takes a lot of shit. They were terrific today. Andrew Thomas, who's been taking a lot of shit, was terrific today. Thomas played a clean game. Jones played a clean game. Your first-round pick looked good. Your free agent signing looked good. Even the running back, who has looked a step slow since coming back off the injury. He made big plays. This was the sort of game you dreamed about if things were to break right for the Giants. First month into this year, despite the team being one and three, I think all in all, for now at least, you have to be satisfied with your quarterback. Your quarterback has given you a chance to win in every single one of these games. And Sunday was his best performance of the year. This was better than the Washington game. This is a better team, better defense, better team. Down late, tied it up. Overtime, won it. We call those kill drives. And no, not the giant former offensive coordinator. And I think many of you old school giant fans of Kevin Gilbride know exactly what I'm talking about. Used to hear that joke in school all the time. Kill drive. Not even mine. I can't even take credit for it. That was a kill drive and winning again. Want to see it again on Sunday against the Cowboys. Momentum building. Step in the right direction. That's the hope for New York football. We crawl before we can walk. We call this Sunday a step in the right direction kind of Sunday. You guys like that? It might be a little corny. I really don't care. Roll with it. Deal with it. Accept it. That's what we do. All right. We'll run around the rest of week four. I got my ass whoop picking games. Ben Roethlisberger looks like he is 10 zillion years old and should retire. And these dopes that are making the argument that Brissett is better than Tua, go, do yourself a favor. Watch that game tape today and then try to make that argument. Week four in the NFL, right after this. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold, slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven and your favorite refreshment. 
just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small Slurpee drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that I'm going to be going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. So the Yankees will be playing the wild card game at Fenway Park. Now on Friday night, we had a hell of a time. We enjoyed nine innings. We thought maybe the Yankees were going to pull one out of the fire. It was not to be. He's been with us every step along the way throughout this season. He is fiery. He is spirited. He can get emotional, as can I. And that's why we get along so well. The great Nikki Totoro joins us. Nikki, surviving events, baby. What's happening, bro? Okay, Johnny, it was great hanging with you. Great going to the game with you and your girl. Because uh, we've never really quite sat together like that. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And when we came up a little short that night and then... Saturday was a complete disaster. And I'll tell you the truth, I was I was on the fence about today. I didn't know I didn't know what to expect. You know, I was I was at John's Pizzeria down in uh, Bleecker Street having a little John's and then I went to this bar with my wife and uh I got there like in the third inning and Tayon was uh was dealing. I was a little worried about him, but he was dealing pretty damn good. And uh then Boone, you know, kinda of questionably took him out and there was a couple of dicey moves Peralta, then he rebounded. Um, I was in a football bar, so it was kind of crazy. There was like five, ten or five football games and one Yankee game. Later on in the in the in the uh, the, the night, uh, there was another TV that they put the Yankee game on. So it was like I was dominated by all these young kids and football. I was in the corner screaming, and I stood on my feet for three hours, basically in these van shoes today. I'm telling you, my feet are killing me. I was emotionally drained from inning to inning because I knew that like this was going to be a one nothing game. I knew it was gonna, either going to be like one nothing or a two to one, but I felt like maybe one run was going to do it, and that's how dicey this game was. Nikki was incredibly dicey. They had one hit for eight innings, but you know what? The manager is not our favorite. He's much maligned. His job's on the line come Tuesday. I got to give him credit. I thought he handled this game Sunday perfectly. He had a good feel for taking out each pitcher. He didn't let Holmes or Peralta pitch with a couple of runners on base. And the bullpen. How about the job, Nikki, from this Yankee bullpen? If they're going to win Tuesday, if they're going to have any hope of going on a run here over the next couple of weeks, this is exactly what you need out of this pen. Fantastic. And you're 100% correct. I'm totally on board with you because, you know, the bullpen is critical. And we got great performances from Peralta, from Holmes. Green was a little shaky, but he did his job. And, uh, of course, you know, Lasagna, I call him Lasagna, Loisaga was tremendous. I mean, he bailed out Sanchez and almost killed us with that play he couldn't make. And, and Chapman did his job, too. You know, uh, Chapman's been a little scary, but he, but it would it would do great. And Boone was okay today. Boone was okay. I was, I was a little bit, you know, a little worried when he took a took out Tayon, but I understood with those lefties coming up. You know, and then they got a couple of weird hits, like you know, and man, did they play the Yankees? I'll tell you, if the Yankees do advance, 
I mean, the Yankees do get to play these suckers. They got to remember how these guys played them to the very end and not forget that because, you know, I'm not saying lay down and die, my God, but they played this game like it was the seventh game oh, of the World Series. Oh, they were into it. Listen, Nikki, and I told you that on Friday. I knew that was going to be the case on Saturday. Tampa Bay enjoys every minute of sticking it to the New York Yankees. But we're not even at the point where we could be worried about Tampa Bay because the Yankees right, got their right. hands full with the Red Sox. And now with LeMayu out, you know, we were talking about Odor and the amount of big hits he has had for this team. The hit he had in the ninth inning to start that rally off is one of the biggest hits of the season. He gets on, Wade runs for him, gets in a scoring position, Judge ends up doing the job. But Ruggie Odor is going to play on Tuesday. And I have a feeling, Nikki, they're going to need Ruggie Odor to have a moment. I just have a feeling he's going to come up in a big situation on Tuesday. You know what? I have a lot of confidence in him. He's a big-time player and has performed in the big moments a lot. Early in the year when they were struggling, he came up with some huge hits. The guy's not afraid. He ran in there to the mound, if you noticed, a few times. Had to say a few words to a couple of the pitchers, maybe in Spanish. I like his spunk. I like his intensity a lot. I mean, I love LeMayu, but not the most intense dude. One thing about Rogi or Rugi, whatever you call him, uh, the guy plays with fire, plays with passion. I'm, I'm not worried about him. You know what I mean? And then that play by Gio was incredible. Incredible how, you know, he took a page out of Gita's book. Um, but, you know, listen, they did what they had to do. They survived today. But, you know, we need Cole to be great. We need him to be great. Maybe not lights out. But they got to they gotta hit the ball. And I think for some funny reason, I have a funny feeling going to Fenway is going to be better than playing at Yankee Stadium. I don't know why. I had this. I wanted the game at home. Trust me, I did. But I had this weird feeling that I just think they can relax a little bit on the road. Maybe they won't press as hard. Uh, you know, because this is going to be a, you know, a hell of a game. You know what I mean? So I don't know how you feel about it. But I'm not, I'm not that worried about playing at Fenway. Uh, I'm not from an offensive standpoint, even though the Yankees got to show me they can hit Evaldi again. They pounded him the last time out. Historically speaking, as you know, Nikki, he gives them a lot, a lot of trouble. But I think the million-dollar question going into this game, what Garrett Cole are you getting? The Yankees need Garrett Cole to be great. They're paying him a ton of money. This is exactly yeah. the sort of start they brought him in for. And when I think about the legacies that are on the line in this particular game, I think the manager and his job is absolutely on the line. The Yankees need to win. I think if Aaron Boone is going to come back. And I think for Garrett Cole, you want to establish yourself as this premier, top-of-the-line, big-game New York pitcher. Nikki, I'm sorry. This is a game you got to deliver in, my friend. Period. End of discussion. Oh, you, you got it. You got it. You want to be You want to be Tom Seaver? You want to be Ron Guidry? I mean, any of these great pitchers or great pedigrees, you know, even Roger Clemens came up with big games when he had to. Uh, Pettit, I mean, you know, he's got to come through. He's got to come through. He can't come out and lay an egg and have a, a bullshit performance. Not acceptable. I'm not saying he has to throw a shutout, but one run, two runs, maybe the most. I mean, the Yankees, they're going to find a way to hit a Baldy. I think they're going to they're gonna find a way. I think, you know, the last time they've seen him enough now that they know this guy. They, they just got to have a good game plan. You know, today they were they were just swinging. I think they were swinging for the fences all day. I don't know. They they just went to sleep after yesterday. The offense and maybe they were pressing. I don't know. But I was in the bar and it looked like they were all trying to hit home runs. You got to just take the pitches and you know take the runs a little at a time. 
But, uh, yes, we've got to have a big performance from him. It, it is critical that this guy doesn't – I mean, he's got to start good, too. You know what I mean? Because lately he's been – I don't know what the deal is. You, you gotta, he's got to be a monster. I don't want to hear anything about, you know, his legs, this, that. He's got to come through this game. He has to. Otherwise, you know, he's going to take a hit. What's your confidence level? One being the lowest, ten being the highest going into this game. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to stay six or seven. I'm I think confident. I'm right there with you. I'd put it at a six for myself. About yeah, a six. I'm at a six or seven. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning more towards, you know, the Yankees finding a way to get this done. I know it's not going to be easy because the Red Sox are not, they're not laying down for nobody. I mean, they came back today 5-1. I mean, come on, they want this. The Red Sox are not, you know. The Red Sox are no, you know, they're no pushover. And neither are the Yankees. The Yankees are just like more of a flawed team. You know, you kind of know what you're getting with the Red Sox. But I think we've, you know, got a little confidence beating them, you know, just recently. And going up there, you know, we're going up there with, in, you know, confidence. So, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a it's gonna be a crazy game. I just hope they survive it. They I hope they survive the show it. On the road. We need Nick to are you going? Oh, I'm going. Are you kidding me? Oh, I was going. up there a week oh, ago. God. I will be there. That's a guarantee. Oh, my God. And where are you sitting? TBD. You'll find out on Tuesday. All right. All right. All I know is All that right. I need well, to be what? in those. I Nikki, mean, you we know need what? to you be back in the Delta. Time. We need to be back in the Delta at Yankee Stadium the next time, you know, you're in town. That needs to happen again, yes. you know? Yes, listen, we talked about even Tampa Bay. So, you know, but let's we're not there yet. So, you know, let's see how we make out. But um man, it would be a hoot to do another game with you. I mean, we came up a little a little short that night, but uh I, I think you're gonna bring home a W for me. I don't well, know. Well listen, I I'm not swinging the bats. I'm not throwing the balls, but Nikki, I'm going to try to bring any of that positive juju that I can, bro. And the next time we have a conversation, I haven't seen it yet. Have you seen the Newark movie yet? The Sopranos movie? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. Uh, I'm kind of, uh, I'm excited to see it, but I, my, my um, hopes for it are, are big, but I realistically, I, I don't think it's going to, you know, knock my socks off for some reason. I, I don't, I don't get that feeling yet from it. I hope I'm surprised, but, um, you know, the Sopranos was, was so, so huge and so, um, incredible that I, I just don't know, you know, uh, how this is going to, hopefully it stands alone and it's not like, I'm not going to compare it to, to that show because that show was just, you know, incredible. But, um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm not, I'm not, I've heard mixed emotions about it. So why, why are you excited to see it? Yeah, I am. I mean, listen, I don't yeah. expect it to be James Gandolvini and Stephen Van Zandt and all the boys, but you yeah. know, it's David Chase. I think it'll be good. I mean, personally, if yeah. David Chase is yeah. doing it. I don't think it's going to suck. No, no, I didn't say it's going to suck. I didn't say that. I just said that you know, uh, when you when you have something that's great, when something that's brilliant, uh, those are big shoes. No those doubt, are big shoes, dude. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like. You're always in the back of your mind going to go, well, this isn't, this is good, but it's not that. You know what I mean? It's always, you know, you got to win me over. You know what I mean? I, and I mean, I got an interesting cast. I, you know, I'm always open minded. And let me see. I, I, I want to see it on the big screen. I would like to see it on the big screen rather than watching it on HBO Max. 
Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't, my expectations are kind of like, you know, in the middle with that. Before we say goodbye, give me the guy who's going to be this year's Bucky Dent. If there's going to be a hero for the Yankees, Nikki, who's going to be the Bucky Dent of this game? I'm going to say Rizzo. I like that. I was going to counter with Gordy. I'm going to say the old man has the signature moment up in Boston. The old man. You know, we could we could go the obvious, Judge or Stanton. But I have a funny feeling one of those lefties is going to do something. One of those lefties is going to do something. And, um, you know, listen, man. Cole's got to be on his game. Bullpen's got to be ready. I mean, you may even see Severino in this game. Oh, you better um, see Severino. I expect yeah, him to be in that setup yeah. role. You better see Severino in this game. Yeah. How good was how good Luizaga was, huh? Awesome. Lasagna. Awesome. And he how looked good. awesome on Friday, too. See, that's the thing, Nick. If I can get five to six dominant innings out of Cole, the Yankees should be set up to win this game. They should be. Exactly. We don't need him to go nine, Johnny. Just five or six really good innings. And then we got Luizaga. We got Severino. We got homes. We'll be okay. We got a better bullpen than them. We do. We do right now. And we got a hot bullpen. And you're right. If we get five or six good innings, I think we're money. But if he lays an egg, you know, you got to have a short lease. And I mean that. You got to have, like, you got to be ready to, like, if he doesn't have it, you can't fuck around. You can't let him go and give up four or five runs in this game. I totally no, agree with that. No, I don't care if his do name that. is Derek Cole. He's not allowed that in this game. No way, no how. I don't how. care. I don't care who it is. He's got to be yanked. You know what I mean? Because if you see that he doesn't have it, and you let him put up four or five runs, the game could be over. And our season's over. So let's just hope that Boone realizes that. You know what I mean? I don't care who. I know it's Cole. But there's no tomorrow. You know what I mean? So we'll see what this guy's made out of. We'll see. We'll see what kind of balls he has. I, I hope. But we know, you know what kind of brings. balls you have. That I know. I know oh. what kind of balls you got. And I hope, my friend, <laughs> I hope that I am on a plane maybe with you Thursday or Friday and we're getting some Florida sun. Something to think about. Yeah. Something to I think about. That. Let's get there. That. It was great. It was, a, it was a hoot being there. You know what I mean? We had all those cronies around us. Everybody, you know, commiserating, saying stuff. It was, it was very funny, us being together. Oh, of course. The dynamic the dynamic duo, as they say. Nikki, say your prayers, bro. It was. It was I, hope and Robin. I hope we have a couple more of these before the end of the month. Just saying. Just saying. Man, I'm just I'm just hoping. I'm, I, I'm, you know, it's, it's a shame it's in Boston, but... Hey, listen, it couldn't be in a better ballpark. Yankees, Red Sox, it doesn't get any better. I wish it was the best of three. You know, but listen, the, the New York football team has won a couple of games, I think, today. I was in the bar, so they're all screaming, all these football fans. So it was maybe a good day for New York. Long overdue. Nikki Totoro. Yeah. Let's get it, baby. All right, Johnny. Love you, pal. We'll chat get soon. Get your sleep. Get rested up. Get ready for Tuesday. Get your popcorn ready. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. So, as we run around the league and recap what happened in week four, you got to start with the highly anticipated 
Pat Buck showdown. And I love seeing Bill Belichick make a questionable call and a questionable decision that ends up costing his team a game. Um, this was a tight game. This was a low-scoring game. Uh, you could clearly see that the weather and the elements were impacting Tom Brady and the Buccaneers' offense. I don't think there was any doubt about that. I think you saw a lot of good things from Mac Jones. Now, uh, according to Chris Collinsworth, Mac Jones had this like insane game that would equate to a Patrick Mahomes five-touchdown game. I love Chris. I think he's one of the best in the business. I, I-, I thought the adjectives and the superlatives, though, uh, surrounding Mac were just way over the top tonight. He had a good game. Let's not get nuts. He had a good game. Not a great game. He had a good game. Fourth and two, let him go and get a first down, for goodness sakes. Because here's the issue. You get that first down, Tom Brady's not getting the ball back. You kick a field goal. It's a 56-yarder in the rain. It's a monsoon at the end of that game in Foxborough. Even if Folk drills it and doesn't hit the upright, you're giving Tom Brady a minute with two timeouts and all he needs is a field goal. Tom Brady is getting them in the field goal range. You mark my words on that. So I didn't understand that decision for the life of me. You know, it was puzzling too. The Pats defensively burned the timeout because they had to get one of the defensive players in the game. And then Brady and the Buccaneers basically decided instead of trying to get a first down, trying to milk the clock, Brady wanted to get a touchdown there. And he threw two unbelievable passes. Brown couldn't find one. He couldn't hold on to the other. But I thought that was a little bit strange. Normally, you get that first down, ice the clock, and away you go. But it was a fun game. It was not an easy-on-the-eyes type of game in the first half. You didn't have a whole lot of points. It was competitive. The Bucs find a way. They lose a ton of defensive players in this game. And listen, Mac played well. I'm not trying to disparage Mac, but like Collinsworth made it seem like it was one of these like all-time great games from a rookie. I mean, let's let's cool the Jets on that. Maybe that's just me, you know, wishing and hoping with my Buccaneers wager. And listen, I'm rooting against the Pats. I mean, uh, I'm not going to hide it. I'm clearly rooting against the Pats in this game. But I just, I was like the gushing over Mac Jones. I was like, they got 17 points. Calm down. Calm down. Good game. Not a great game. But the Buccaneers survive and that Kansas City, New England, two team tees. Who's going to screw it up? It's dicey. Thought it might be Tampa. Win is a win and a cover is a cover. So for the rest of week four in the NFL, Washington, this is basically the only game we felt good about and we nailed this one. But a skin of our teeth, 34 to 30 over the Atlanta Falcons. The Washington defense was brutal, but you know who was terrific? Houdini, Taylor, Heineke, 290 yards, threw for three touchdowns. This is a fun game. Back and forth. McLaurin made some plays. Ryan actually played pretty well. Big win for Washington, honoring one year. Ron Rivera, cancer-free. Great narrative, great storyline. One of my favorite people in the NFL. Atlanta, one and three. And Atlanta is just an experience. It doesn't matter who the coach may be. It's an experience watching them find ways to lose games. Uh, Bills, they didn't mess around. They absolutely embarrassed the Texans. Uh, If you didn't take the Bills in your knockout pool, you missed a freebie. 40 to nothing, not much more to add, not much more to see. Bears, I had a feeling the Lions were going to be the square dog. Everybody loved the Lions today. We did our Spotify green room. I took like three or four calls. Love the Lions, love the Lions, love the Lions. Bears end up winning that game 24 to 14. 
Fields gets his first win as best quarterback. Uh, good enough. We'll have to see on David Montgomery. That injury did not look particularly good. Bears get the two and two. Lions spunky, but 0-4 to start the year. Cowboys, to me, they are one of the big winners of week four. Against an undefeated team, they ran all over the Carolina defense. Elliott, the demise, he says, premature, premature. Big game for Zeke going for 143. Pollard going for, for 67. Prescott, even though he only threw for 188 yards, throws for four touchdowns in the process. Cowboys smoking on offense, 36-28 over the Carolina Panthers. No shame in that for Carolina. But Dallas, so far so good, first month of the year. Colts get their first win of the year. Uh, I don't have to hear Dolphin fans. I don't have to hear Simmons of Benigno telling me Brissett's better than Tua. 27-17. And you know what? The Dolphins right now are an absolute mess. I don't know what's going on with this co-coordinator bullshit. It's failing miserably. The Dolphins' offensive game plan is as conservative as it gets for three quarters. And then they fall behind 17 points, and it's like, yeah, let's open up the offense. Let's open up the offense a little sooner. It's the modern-day NFL. You don't have the no-name defense. You don't have the 85 Bears defense. Throw the damn ball. Holy shit, throw the ball. And then I got to watch Brissett basically turning the ball over like it's a loaf of bread. I don't know what annoyed me more. That Brissett play where he just doesn't throw it away and basically gives it right to the Colts. Or Dolphins dominate the first quarter. Fourth and five on a punt. They jump offside. Colts, of course, take that, score, change the entire field of the game. They get their first win. Dolphins are one and three, and they got Tampa coming up next week. They'll be one and four. Might hear those Watson rumors. A lot of pressure is going to be on two when he comes back that following week against the Jaguars. Ugly game, but a gut check type of win for the Cleveland Browns. Wasn't pretty. I didn't think Baker Mayfield was particularly good, but the Browns defense against the high-powered Minnesota offense, they home the seven points. They get 169 yards on the ground from Chubb and from Hunt, and they hold Delvin Cook in check. He ends up going out with an injury, came back in the game. Cousins, not particularly effective. Late stand for the Browns defense. Browns, I love what I've seen in the early going. Mayfield's got to be better, but 3-1 to start this year. Chiefs, the defense continues to stink, but five touchdown passes from the best player in football. Five touchdowns for Mahomes. 186 yards and three touchdowns for Tyreek Hill. 42 points for the Kansas City Chiefs. And full disclosure, I hopped on the Chiefs earlier this morning to win the AFC West at minus 105. And do I feel good about that bet? Yes, I do. Even with the Chiefs' defense being what it is, they're going to find a way to win that division. Andy Reid, they're going to find a way to win that division. Now, four o'clock games. The other big winner of week four, as far as I'm concerned, the Arizona Cardinals. Going into Los Angeles, putting on an absolute clinic offensively. Kyle Murray, two touchdowns, 268 yards, making plays, Edmonds high-flying, Connor getting in the end zone. Ugly game from the LA Rams. A little bit of a letdown hangover game. I'm mad. I like the Cardinals all week. I got scared off at the last minute. That's the second time in a row that's happened for me. Last week, it was the Chargers. This week, it ends up being Arizona. Cost me, but 37-20, Arizona is now 4-0 on the year. That's a team that a lot of people were sleeping on at the beginning of the season. 
4-0 Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray playing like an MVP. Seattle, big win for them, 28-21 over the San Francisco 49ers. Slow start for Russell Wilson, got going. Garoppolo ends up getting hurt in this game. You end up seeing Trey Lance. You got to wonder. So, Rudy, I will defer to you on this. Have we seen the last of Jimmy Garoppolo with the San Francisco 49ers? You know, it's weird because the, the 49ers, I mean, they think of themselves as a Super Bowl contender. They think they have a Super Bowl roster. And, you know, I think maybe Kyle Shanahan thinks that, you know, Garoppolo is going to make less mistakes and can run his offense, the you know, more efficiently than maybe Trey Lance can at this particular moment. But, you know, I, I, the season's going to get away from them sooner than later. They're, they've been a horrendous team at home recently. Um, and I still have faith in Kyle Shanahan. I think he's a really good coach. But I'll tell you what, the fan base wants to see Trey Lance and the more average quarterback play and the more losses that pile up, it's going to be louder and louder. So I hope that Trey Lance starts next week. I think a lot of the fan base does as well. But I can see Kyle Shanahan going back to Garoppolo again until this thing, you know, until kind of their season might be over. It's fascinating. It's very, very fascinating because you have a quarterback that took you to the Super Bowl two years ago. But the future is Trey Lance. He's far more dynamic. And you know it's a question of when, not if, he's going to get in. So we shall see. Now, the rest of the 4 o'clock slate. Ravens all over the Broncos. This was a telling game for Denver. I wanted to see how they were going to respond. They had three wins against the Giants, the Jets, and the Jaguars. Lamar Jackson was terrific. Unbelievable touchdown grab from Hollywood Brown. Bridgewater ends up leaving this game. You got to see Drew Locke. Anytime you have the Drew Locke experience, you know it's not going to be a positive experience. Big win for the Ravens. Parlay the momentum of last week. Much better performance. 3-1 on the year. Broncos fall to 3-1. Now, the Packers-Steeler game. Yeah, I'm a little salty because I had money on the Steelers. Roethlisberger looks completely cooked. I know the Steelers don't have an offensive line. I know Chase Claypool didn't play in this game. Ben Roethlisberger looks shot. And I, I have a rule, by the way. I'm done betting against the Packers for a while. I bet against them a bunch last year. They cost me money. I bet against them each of the last two weeks. They have cost me money. I'm not doing it anymore. They know how to win. Say what you want about Matt LaFleur. He wins games. He's been winning games with the Packers since he's taken over. Rodgers, two touchdowns, efficient. Dylan, Aaron Jones on the ground, efficient. And Roethlisberger looks tough. That was my big takeaway watching that game on Sunday. The Ben Roethlisberger of old is over and done with. And his best days are clearly behind him. And I, I do not see happy ever after. Just like Philip Rivers with the Chargers. Just like Eli Manning with the Giants. I think this is going to end up being an ugly year for the Steelers and an ugly year for Roethlisberger, especially in that division where Cleveland and Baltimore are not going anywhere anytime soon. Now, Monday night, it's a juicy one. It is the Raiders and the Chargers. And I'm a little concerned, quite frankly, with how public the L.A. Chargers know the Vegas Raiders have been. And the line's gone from four to three. I don't have a great feel on the game. If I were going to play it, I would take the Raiders because they're going to have fans. That's going to be a big advantage, I think, for them. I think they're going to put up points on the Chargers. And these are two teams that historically play very, very close games and very, very wacky games. I'll grab the points. I'll say it's a field goal game. I'd buy the half book. Half, uh, let's do that again. I'd buy the half point if I can. Don't love it. I'm going to take Vegas. Now, in case you're wondering about the AL and the NL wildcard from an odd standpoint, FanDuel has the Yankees at minus 120. My heart says Yankees. I think the Yankees are the better team. 
Does it concern me going into Fenway Park again? Yes, it does. I'm going to go with the Yankees, sir. I mean, surprise, surprise. You didn't expect me to come on New York, New York and pick the Red Sox, did you? I will be taking the Yankees on Tuesday. And I'm going to be thinking long and hard about the St. Louis Cardinals. We got some time for that one. But you think I'm going to end the show picking the Boston freaking Red Sox in a one-game playoff against the Yankees? Get out of here. What, are you kidding me? Of course I'm picking the Yankees. They're the better team. They should win this game. And if not, listen, here's the silver lining. Should be Aaron Boone's last game as New York Yankee manager. It's going to be a whole lot of sleepless nights for the next 48 hours. I'm going to be on pins and needles for the next 48 hours. I got to get up to Boston on Tuesday. Uh, I hope the clam chowder is good. I know it's going to be cold. There's going to be a little bit of an October chill in the air. Don't lose that game. That's all I'm going to say. That's how we're going to end this podcast. Don't lose that game. Legacy game, whole lot on the line. Don't suck. So I tell myself before every show, don't suck. Yankees, please, don't suck. Fun show. You guys were terrific. Fellas, fantastic, fantastic job. We are back Tuesday night from the belly of the beast. JJ signing off. Be good, everybody. <laughs>